to, to learn about your, your, your will and healing and, and, and the ability that we have to, to lay hands on people and heal and, and, and finding all, out all there is to know about healing. Lord, we just thank you for leading and guiding us and helping, you, giving me and Robbie the words that need to be spoken, the words that are just right for those that came expecting to hear of your, your healing of your powers. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Well, last week we taught on um, Jesus healing Peter's mother-in-law. And then we saw that right on the heels of that, where they were actually at uh, Peter's house, that the multitude showed up and that Jesus healed a bunch of people there. And that uh, not only did he heal them, look here in uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse um, 16 and it says and when evening was come they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils possessed with devils and he cast out the spirits with word or his word and healed all that were sick so sometimes in order for somebody to get healed you've got to deal with the devil that's causing the sickness and so we talked a good amount about that last week um and then in verse 17, it says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. I didn't really address that a whole lot. Um, but when Jesus was striped at the whipping post, all sickness was laid upon him. Every sickness that could possibly come was laid upon him at the cross and he carried that sickness and he dealt with the pains and the agonies of those sicknesses at the whipping post he also dealt with the sicknesses that attack the mind when the crown of thorns was placed on his head in fact that crown of thorns being placed on his head and beaten down with rods um, is it was specifically for mental healing and emotional healing because it dealt with the pains and agonies of the mind and the head. Um, and then he went from there into the whipping post. Um, and we'll talk about that more as we get into the, into his crucifixion in the Gospels. Uh, but um, then verse 18 through uh, 27, uh, he deals with... Um, people wanting to follow him and so we're going to skip those verses and so now we're going to pick up in Matthew chapter 8 verse 28 verse 8 28 or chapter 8 verse 28 gotcha. so we'll pick up right here and start reading all right and when he was come to the other side into the country of Gergensees that I, say that I think right? that's close Ger the Gergensens 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 uh, yep. There met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. Now I want you to notice that here it says that there met him two, two possessed with devils. You know, uh, so that we're going to pay attention to that. And what we've been doing is we've been going through these is we've been looking at Matthew's account, Mark's account, Luke's account, and if John gives the account, John's account of these different healings, um, because then we can get the full picture. So Matthew tells us that there were two uh, possessed with devils 
that uh, when they were in um, Gergesene that came out to him. Now let's keep reading and find out some more. And, and notice it says that they came out of the tombs. The tombs were the caves where the dead people were laid. They didn't have in over there in, G, in, in Israel and Jerusalem and Galilee and all that area. They were desert areas. Um, and so they didn't bury the people in the ground like we do. What they had is they had tombs, and they would go in. They would go into these caves. Uh, really, what they had was caves, and they'd go into these caves and they'd carve out shelving, so to speak. Um, and that's where they would lay the dead. Was in these tombs, and people could go in and out of the tombs. And so that's where these two. Uh, it says that um, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs. And it says, so that no man might pass by that way. This indicated that these were highly violent men. Two highly, extremely violent men. Uh, you know, we've seen more violence in our nation over the last 20 to 30, even 40 years than we've ever seen in the history of our nation. As far as violence one-on-one, um, and so many people, you know, we see the mass shootings and the school shootings and different things like that. And so many people say, how can somebody be so mean? Well, the devils will make you mean. They'll cause you to have in a very aggressive uh, uh, mindset and a very aggressive ability. In fact, not only were they mean, but they were so mean that it was not safe for anybody to even go that direction or go over into what they considered their territory. Let's keep reading. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? Now, when you read that, when you do a cursory reading of that, when you just read through that and you don't have an understanding of the Bible, you would think that these two men said that to Jesus. But no, these two men couldn't have been the ones that were speaking because the men, I mean, most men, I mean, Jesus had just started his, his ministry. So these two men, how would these two men know that he was Jesus and how would they know that he was the son of God and then not only that how would they why would they say art thou come hither to torment us before our time you see that us and you think well it's two men so they're talking but no 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 it's the demons in them talking through them so here come these, this gives you an indication of how, the, how completely demonically possessed these men were. These men were so completely consumed with demons that every action that they did and every word that they spoke was by that of a demon. So you could be talking to somebody and thinking you're talking to the person. But if they're demon possessed, you might very well be talking to the demon. Now, Jesus, this is why we have to exercise our spiritual uh, sensor, the discerning, that spiritual, we need, to, we need to exercise our spiritual senses so that we can go, hmm, when, they, when somebody says something that you go, no, wait a minute, how do you know that? But look what, but, but notice Jesus wasn't caught off, wasn't caught by, he wasn't, he wasn't caught off guard. 
He wasn't caught off at guard at this in any way. Let's look at verse 30. And there was a good way off from them uh, and heard of many swine feeding. So, so, so the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. So it tells us in verse 31 who was talking in verse 29. It says, and the, it says, and the devils, and the devils, which is the same word as, that's translated demons, and the devils, devils and demons, besought. In other words, they were pleading with Jesus. That Jesus would allow them. He noticed he said, he, says, he said the devils pled with who? Jesus. And this is what they pled. If you're going to cast us out. They, didn't, they did not question Jesus. Do you have the power to? They didn't even question you. you don't, Jesus you don't have the power. They didn't even question it. They just said. If. If you cast us out. If you cast us out. Which is slightly, which honestly is challenging. It is a challenge to Jesus. If you do it. He said, if you're going to cast us out, suffer us or allow us, you know, and, and for demons, it's, so demons are, devils and demons, let's talk about what they are. They are disembodied spirits. That's what they are. They're spirits without a body. Jesus is a spirit with a body. Angels actually have they actually do have bodies. And they can they can interact on in the earth just like a regular man, just like a regular human. They have the ability to take bodily form. But devils and demons do not have the ability to take bodily form. That's part of the I know that's new, it's shaking your head, I know. It's okay. Of course. Of course. Of course. If you allow them. Interesting thought, though. <laughs> Interesting. So, so devils are, are disembodied spirits. They want, because here's the deal. A demon can only work so far in the earth without a physical body. There's only so much that they can do in the physical, natural earth without a physical, natural body. They're very limited without a body to work within. So the demons would, they're, they're in, so these two, these, these demons that are in these guys would prefer to go into that of an animal than to be cast out of a physical body altogether. That's kind of crazy, right? So they said to Jesus, they said, Jesus, um, if you can, if you do cast us out, if thou cast us out, suffer us to go a, to to go away and into the sw into the herd of swine. Now that gives us a little clue. Uh, they're going into the herd. That gives us a clue. And 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 Jesus said devils. So that tells us that there's more than one devil going on here. And look at what Jesus said. And Jesus said unto them, Go. Them, meaning more than one. He said, Go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of the swine. Now, what happened? What did the swine do? Let's keep reading. And behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. All right. And they that kept them fled and went their meaning they, those that kept the swine, fled and went their ways unto the city and told everything 
and what was befallen to the possessed of the devil. So here Matthew doesn't really tell us what was the outcome for the people that had the demons. He just said, here they are, they're going into this area, these guys with these demons come out, the demons start talking to Jesus, the demons say, uh, tell us to go into the swine if you're going to make us come out, and Jesus said, go, and the demons went. But that's all we know. So we've got to go look at some other accounts to get the fuller picture. So now let's go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Mark gives us some indications here. And uh, we're going to start right here in uh, Mark 5, 1. All right, chapter 5, verse 1. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, to the country of Gadarenes. Now, in Matthew's account, he called it the Gergesenes. Here he calls them the Gadarenes. Some people will say, see, the Bible contradicts itself. They don't even know where they were. No, they knew exactly where they were. It said the country, which means the area that the Gadarenes were in. It's kind of like if you, if, if you are talking um, and somebody says, we went to the far western Appalachian Mountains. We, you know, we went over to the Appalachian Mountains. And somebody else said, oh, we went over into uh, Cherokee County. It's the same place it's just referred to differently you know uh you know you could say we went over into the county of murphy or the i mean the country of cherokee county and somebody else could say we went if you're talking about with the indians and what have you you they might say we went over to the area of the tuskwede forest how much do you know same area but but just use different names Different names. Same area, different names. I would suspect it had something to do with the Jewish name and the Roman name. Potentially. But, all right. But, it's, but they're talking about a, a larger area, not necessarily a set city or town. Makes sense. So verse 2. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Now that word, a man, we go, now wait a minute, just a minute ago the account said two. Here, this word, a man, can be singular or plural. Could be, it could be plural, hmm. going back to the original language. Didn't know that. Uh, but, so, so whenever some here it says a man, it could mean two. Let's keep reading. Let's see if that follows along. Who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. So we do know this. We know that Matthew said that uh, that the, these two men were so violent that nobody could even pass that way. So here we can make the assumption that both men, at various times, had been bound with chains. We can we can see that this applies to both men. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice, and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High? I adjure thee by God, 
what thou torment or that thou torment me not. See, even the, even devils and demons have to bow down and worship to Jesus because this is the demon talking. It has to be the demon talking because the demon said because he because he called him again Jesus the Son of the Most High God again. How would they know? And and the other thing is is he said I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. In other words, the demon knew that Jesus had all authority, power, and dominion over him simply because he was the Son of God. Jesus had not even been to the cross yet, and yet that demon knew that Jesus had all authority. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I was coming back the to same it. Thing, That's right. Exactly. Notice the prior verse. It said that he was crying all night. Let's look at it. Let's look at these symptoms. Let's look at these symptoms of somebody that could be demon-possessed. It says that no man could bind him. No man could hold him. No man. We've seen this in our schools. We've seen kids go into such frantic fits that, that nobody... Our teachers have to be instructed in how to deal with these children that are in such raging fits that nobody can even handle them and hold them down because they're, they're trying to hurt themselves and others. So we see this behavior. We see this behavior. It says um, uh, that no man can hold him, not even with chains, because he had oft been bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder, and the fetters broken into pieces, and nothing uh, could tame him. We see this with we see this with children, we see this with teenagers, we've seen this with grown people, where they go into these fits and these rages and there's nothing anybody can do. I mean, we're talking supernatural strength and supernatural ability of of people. But notice that it says, um, and all and also night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, he was crying, uncontrolled emotions, uncontrolled emotions and was cutting, cutting themselves. Why is cutting something that goes on with demons? Because they're trying to get that thing out of them, and they don't know what. And demons, listen, demons are servants of Satan. And Satan's number one goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. So that demon is driving these, chill, these people to, to, to injure themselves to cut themselves and attempt to kill themselves. That's why suicide is at an all-time high. It's because demons, now just because somebody's dealing with suicide, just because somebody's dealing with cutting themselves, doesn't necessarily mean that they're all the way to the point of demon possession, but it does mean that they're under that influence. They're under that influence. Um, so, you know, this is something we've got to pay attention to. And... uh Huh? Yeah, it's the same lies over and over again. Uh, we, um, Pastor Craig, uh, Craig Fields, I don't know why I keep doing that to him. Pastor Craig Fields, he talked about, um, he knows a, a pastor, Pastor Jay, I believe it's Pastor Jay, or I think that was his name. Uh, in either case, he knows a, a minister that's now a Christian pastor. He's a good Christian pastor. He's got a bad scar on his forehead. And he got to talking to him and asking him about it. Long story short, because I want to stay with this thing, uh, he asked him about it, and, and, and basically the man ended up giving, him, giving Pastor Craig his testimony about how he came to know Christ. 
And the short of it that applies here is that this man was a uh, was trained in uh, black magic from the day he was born. Oh, he was shaman. trained in uh, shaman, black ma- a black magic warlock, warlord, warlock type of person. Um, and what would have what he would do in 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 his rituals and in his honor to his god uh, that he and his cohorts, so servants, whatever you want to call them, fellow ministers in the black magics, what they would do is at night they would get into worship of their of their god, which was Satan, and they'd go into these trances, and they would travel in the spirit to the orphanages, and they'd go bed to bed in the spirit, and they'd whisper in the ears of the children while the children were sleeping, get up, go to the roof. And throw yourself off, and they'd repeat it over and over again. And stuff like that, and, you know. And you know, get up, go to the roof, throw yourself up. And they said, and they said they had such influence over these children that the children would would suddenly wake up, almost in a trance-like state. They would wake up, they would go to the roof, and they would jump off and kill themselves. Demonic power, demonic power. So let's keep reading. All right. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. Notice what Jesus did. Jesus gave a simple command. He said, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Did the man have to go, did Jesus have to go through 16 steps of deliverance? No. Did he have to go through 12 steps of deliverance? No. Did he have to go through 8 steps of deliverance? No. No. He simply said, Come out of the man. Now, He's Jesus, so he doesn't have to say, in my name, come out. He told him to come out. But we, because we're operating through and in Jesus, we have to say, come out in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. We have to command that unclean spirit to come out. Now, notice that here is another. First, he commands it to come out. Jesus commanded that demon to come, those demons to come out. But they didn't immediately come out because then Jesus said this in verse 9. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. He did not ask the man his name. He was speaking to the demon. Remember, the demon spoke to him last. So now he's responding to the demon. He didn't, he didn't tell the demon, Oh, demon, don't worry about it. I'm not going to torment you. He didn't, he didn't love on the demon and, and show him kindness and sweetness and said, Well, if I just love him, he'll be all right. That's what a lot of people think with these demons. No, you can't love the demon out of somebody. You have to command it to go out in Jesus' name. But that didn't work. But even that didn't work for Jesus right off the bat. Jesus had to ask him, what's your name? What's your name? And the demon replied, because he didn't have any choice. He said, my name is Legion. Now, I want you to stop and think about this. Uh, a Roman legion, military legion, is... Uh, anywhere from two to three thousand men, two to three thousand men. So when that demon spoke and said, "My name is Legion, for we are many," that demon essentially told Jesus, "You're up against somewhere between two and three thousand demons in this body." Talk about the the ability of the human spirit. I said this morning, if you didn't listen this morning service, you got to go back and listen to it. For those that are online, everybody in the house is, was here this morning. But I'm telling you, 
I talked about this morning by the unction of the Holy Ghost, we've got to understand who we are on the inside. If the human spirit can contain the power, might, and ability of two to 3,000 demons in a person, well, Pastor, you said there could be two. Well, we'll get to that. But even still, even if you split that number, you're at 1,500 demons. If, if the human spirit can contain that much power, how much power of God can be contained in your spirit? How much power can be contained in your spirit? All right. So he answered him, and he said, uh, for my name is Legion. And then the demon did something crazy. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now, now this is crazy. The demon basically looked at Jesus and said, uh, there's two to 3,000 of us. But now we're going to beg you to let us stay in the country. Listen, you can cast demons out of your country. You can cast demons out of your area. If it wasn't so, why did the demons say, allow us to stay? Allow us to stay. In dealing with demons, because we've dealt with them, in dealing with demons, I've had, the de- I've had to talk to the demons. And the demons have said, but where do I go? And I'm telling you what, the first time I was asked by a demon where to go, I was taken back and said, what are you talking about? That's easy. Go ahead. I, I was like, I was like, I don't care where you go. Just come out. And the Holy Ghost said, no, you do care. And I went, oh, I do care. <laughs> In fact, I tell you what, I care so much that you go back to hell where you came from. Get out of the region. Get out of the country. Go on. Get. No, no, no. See, and, and here's why the demons wanted to stay in the country. Because if they stayed in the region of the country, they could have gone from that man into another man in that region. And so he said, they said, and they knew, those demons knew that there was great pagan worship in that country. So they knew there were lots of other people that they could have gotten into uh, in time. So that's why they wanted to stay. Oh my goodness, there's so much revelation in this. Now there were now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. How, uh, well, was it just two demons, one in this guy and one in this guy? No. It was a legion of them. And he said, Let us go into the swine. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. About how many swine? 2,000. That's a legion, is it not? It's a legion. Can you imagine 2,000 demons inside one person? Or even 1,000 demons if there's two people? Because Matthew said that there were two. This keeps saying a man, but we know that the Greek word a, or man here, can mean a single he or a single she or or a group because it's referring to mankind um but but we got to we'll find out if it was one or two 2000 a lot of pigs that's a lot of pigs well that'd be a lot of damage to the environment that's a lot of pigs (laughs) that's a lot of pigs but even but now I, i always chuckle every time i read this verse and i shouldn't but i do i chuckle Because I think of it like this. We tend to think of animals as being stupid. We tend to think of animals as being stupid. I was just talking to Brother Richard about fly fishing. And he was telling me all about how you've got to, 
because I was asking when's the best time to go. And he was talking to me, and we were talking about it tends to be better in the warmer weather because that's when they tend to be eating off the surface more. But then if it starts to cool off, the, the fish know that, that the bugs will automatically sink because of colder weather. So then you, your flies have got, you got to put a sinker on your flies because your flies will go down kind of mid-level in the water. And if it's real cold, you got to get the flies down to the bottom of the water. They're real, fish are real smart. Now, there are fish that got a tiny little brain. Pigs aren't small. they got a much bigger brain. But it said here, They're it says. They're considered one of the smarter. And they are considered smart. one of the smaller ones. But look at this. It says, and forthwith Jesus gave them leave. Jesus said, you're leaving this. You can go into the swine if you want to. He said, go ahead, go on into the swine. We saw that Jesus said go in Matthew. And it says, and that, and that the demons entered the swine, colon, which means this is directly connected. Here's what, here's, here, was the, here was the swine's response to a demon entering him. Single demon entering. The swine said, um, violently, I would rather die a horrible death drowning in the sea than have a demon live inside of me. Think that through. That was the swine's response. I would rather violently run and jump off of a cliff, a cliff. And, and drown in the ocean, a horrible death drowning, than have one demon live inside of me. But yet, people, people Will allow thousands. openly embrace not one, but thousands into them. Right? Right. <laughs> Yes. I hope not. She asked if the evil spirits went into the fish. They didn't have permission to go in the fish, so I'm thinking no. Hope not. Glory to God. No, that's not where we got bad shrimp from. Uh, Let's keep reading right here. You've already turned to Luke. I'll finish reading this. Um. And it says, and they that had fed the swine uh, fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what was done. In other words, the, the, the swine keepers went and got the, got the mob to come against Jesus. And it says that when they came to see what had happened, when they came to see Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion was sitting and clothed and in his, his right mind. That word his is singular. That word his right there is singular. Had, there, had, had both men been delivered, it would have said they sitting in their clothed and sitting in their right mind. And they were, and the people that saw this was afraid. Because what? Why? Because here came, here across what they called the sea, came a man who had enough power to deal with a demon-possessed man. Well, why was there, why did Matthew say that there was two and only one got set free? Well, the indication is we, we find it right there in Matthew. We find it in Matthew. Matthew said, remember when they challenged, they said, remember when, um, they, they said to Jesus, did you come 
to torment us before our time? Remember what he said. Remember what the demon said to him. He said, if thou cast us out. If thou cast us out. Here's something about healing. Rather, you're healing because it's a sickness or you're healing because there's demons. You can only heal if somebody wants to be healed. You can only cast out if somebody wants the demons cast out. So evidently, two bands came to Jesus, but only one wanted to be set free. And of course, of course, in, in Mark, we get a clue that this man wanted out because he was cutting himself. Yeah. You know, he was, he, he, he was, was fighting he was, against he it. He was fighting against it. Now let's go look at this last account in Luke 8. Because Luke is the doctor, and Luke always gives us a little bit more detail. Luke gives us more detail, which we love and appreciate about Luke. So we're going to pick up in Luke chapter 8 and verse 26, and we're going to look at this report. 26, okay. And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. So opposite away from Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man which had devils long time, and wore no, and wore no clothes, neither abode in any house but in the tombs. I'm going to make somebody mad that listens. I'm going to make somebody mad. I am. It says that the man had the devils for a long time. And it says that the man wore no clothes. Public nudity is an indication of demon influence. Sorry. There's no modesty. It says that he's living in the tomb amongst the dead and he's stripped naked. It's an indication that there's demons. Remember when the son of Sceva... When the, son, when the sons of Sceva went to cast out the demon, remember that demon jumped on the sons of Sceva and stripped them naked? Demons want you fully exposed because it's humiliating and it gives them higher control and dominance. So this argument, well, we were naked in the garden, is no argument at all. Because the first thing that Jesus, the first thing that the Father did when he came to the garden, was he was he sacri- He did a blood sacrifice to cover their sins and to cover their nakedness. He used the animal skins to cover their nakedness. So, uh, you know, there's one thing about privacy between a mar- in between a husband and a wife in their marriage, but this this wearing of no clothes, this idea of nudity is God's plan and all of that. No, no, no. That's devil's plan. Devil's plan. That's why, listen, that's why people that are so flesh-minded, are the, the, they are skimpy. They dress skimpy. They, they push the limits of what they wear to, to, the, to the boundaries of what uh, society will allow. That's why you see, because, because demons are getting higher and higher control, that's why the clothes that people are wearing that worship these devils and demons are becoming more and more scandalous. That's why these people, look, if you'll, if you'll, don't, don't take my word for it. Go do some research. 
people that claim to be part of the uh, Illuminati and devil worshipers and all of that, go look at what they're wearing. Go look at what they're wearing. They're wearing the see-through dresses. They're wearing the clothes that are stripped down. And I mean, there ain't nothing hidden. Go look at it. And I said, I'm going to make somebody mad. But this is an indication that you're dealing with demonic influence. Is when public nudity is an issue. Let's keep going. All right. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him. And with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God, most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. Notice all three times they all pointed out what this demon said. Because it was out of character. It was, uh, they, they recognized that this was, a, this was something unusual. Keep going. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For oft times it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters. And he brake the bands and was driven of the devil unto the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? Look at verse 29. It says, For he had commanded the unclean spirits to come out of the man. For oft times it had caught him. Who, who commanded many times? Wasn't Jesus. This is the first time he met Jesus. The man. The man. The man commanded. Get out of me. Come out of me. But it wouldn't work. Other men had come to excise this demon, and it would never work. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. And it has to do with, did they want to be set free? And are they feeding and taking part in things that cause those demons to have a hold? Well, and the other men, uh, before Jesus came along, the other men were under the law of sin. They were under the law, and they, there were some... They, they were under they the were curse. Able, they were able to, 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 cur to who excise demons in certain situations, but not every situation in the Old Testament. Let's keep going. <clears throat> and Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there was there a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain. And they besought him that he sh would suffer them to enter into them. And he suffered them. When the, then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. So we really haven't seen anything more than we hadn't seen before except for verse 9. And it said that, it said that, and that he, mankind, had commanded the unclean spirits to come out of him, out of the man. For oft times um, it had caught him and he was kept bound and in chains and in fetters. In other words, they would, they, mankind, the men of the region, would get a hold of him and try to get the demon to come out of him, but the demon wouldn't come out, so they'd chain him. They'd put him in fetters and chains and try to bind him because they didn't know how else to help him. So this is something that, that we didn't, that the other accounts didn't tell us, but other than that, there's not a whole lot here that we learn except for verse 34 and 35. When they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what was done, and came to Jesus, and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, 
and they were afraid. Notice that as soon as Jesus delivered him, he he clothed them immediately. He immediately clothed them as soon as he delivered them. Let's keep reading. In verse 36, it says, And they which saw it told them by what means he that was possessed of devils was healed. So they, they gave the account of what happened. They said, because now, and this is going to mean something to these people because these people had witnessed this man trying to be delivered multiple times. And, they're, and now they're getting the account. Well, the man came across the water, got out of the boat. The two men came. This man spoke with Jesus. Jesus told him he was a le- that, that his name that the devil's name was Legion, and that there were many in, and that that was because there were many devils in him. And Jesus told them to come out, and they said, can we go in the swine? And Jesus said, yeah, you can go in the swine. And they immediately came out. The swine ran off the hill and died, and this man is completely normal, and they clothed him, and they fed him, and they took care of him, and now he's sitting at Jesus' feet being taught. How much do you know? Uh, If you had knowledge of people trying to do this with this man multiple times, and it was that simple, how much do you know? That's going to get their attention. It's going to kind of freak them out a little bit. Yep. Like, like, honestly, you're, they're going to be thinking, is he really delivered? Is he really delivered? Like, did that really happen? Keep going. Then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadarenes around about besought him to depart from them, for they were taken with great fear. And he went up into the ship and returned back again. Now the man out of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return into thine own house, and show how great things God has done unto thee. Notice this man. Notice they went from just saying them, the two, to man, multiple kinds, to now they're very, they're very specific. Him, him, him. If both men had been delivered, they would have said them. They would have said, go, go into thy houses. But no, he said them. So one wanted to be delivered, and the other did not. Glory to God. So we know this about divine healing, dealing with devils and demons. Even if the sickness and the issues are there because of devils and demons, uh, that person has to want to be set free. That person has to want to be delivered. So you may be dealing with somebody. This is why I say you've got to use discernment. A lot of these people that are under this influence will continually come to you to take advantage of you, but they truly—they truly don't want to be delivered. They truly don't want to be delivered, and so the more you help them, the more you just leave them in their situation. It's sad, but sometimes we have to allow people to hit the rock bottom of their sickness before they'll receive help. And that's really where we were at with this man. You know, one had not yet hit rock bottom. One kind of liked what he was doing. And the other one uh, said, I've had enough. Jesus set me free. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 9. I think we've got enough time to do just this one, this other one. Matthew 9, because it doesn't give us a whole lot of information here. And uh, we got to talk about other types of sicknesses. So Matthew chapter 9, let's read verses 1 through 8. All right, and he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. Now, so what was you, where was Jesus' city? Capernaum, or more specifically, Nazareth. Nazareth. 
He was in Capernaum and Nazareth specifically. Um, but let's keep reading here. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. Now, palsy is basically a paralytic condition. This man was paralyzed in some form or fashion. That's what the palsy is. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. So, so here, so Jesus, now, now this is really cool. It says, Behold, they brought, they brought, they brought. In other words, these were friends. They brought a man sick of the palsy. So here some friends brought a paralyzed man. And Jesus, notice it says, and Jesus seen whose faith? Their faith, the faith of the friends. So sometimes you can get somebody that you are related to or know, a friend, you can use your personal faith to get them healed. Now this is wonderful if they're a non-believer or if they're an untaught believer because if you can get the sick healed, they you I'm telling you what, you can get them saved. If you can get them healed, you can get them saved. Um, and if you can get them healed, you can begin to get them taught if they were already saved. And so look at what Jesus said. He looked at him, he looked at this man who was paralyzed and he said, "Son, be of good cheer. Thy son, thy sins are forgiven." And now you might think, well, that's not a healing, but look at what Jesus had to say. And behold, certain of the scribes said, un, said within themselves, this man blasphemous. Notice it said, they said within themselves. They were thinking it. They were thinking it. This is the word of knowledge going into operation with, through Jesus. Because watch what Jesus does. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? For whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on the earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise and take up thy bed, and go unto thine house. See, Jesus said the first time, he said, Son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven. Remember, sin brings sickness. We don't know what this man's uh, paralysis was caused by. Uh, and we don't know what sins he had committed, but the Father God does. And so the indication here is that this man had sinned in some way that caused or allowed this paralysis to come on to him. Now, we don't like that. We don't like that when sickness attacks, we don't like it when somebody says, you brought this on yourself. But that's essentially what Jesus told this man. Your sins brought this onto you, but you can be a good chair. Your sins are now forgiven, which means you can now be set free of your sickness. But the Pharisees and the Sadducees got mad and angry, uh, and the scribes, they got all uppity and religious on them. And Jesus, know, now a lot of people, a lot of people will look at that and say, Jesus knowing their thoughts, they'll say, well, that was Jesus because he's Jesus and he's God. Well, he was Jesus. I mean, he is Jesus, and he is, he is part of the Godhead. He is God. But at this time, he was operating solely as a man on the earth with the power of the Holy Ghost rested upon him. We, have, uh, we operate in this earth solely as man, but we have the power of the Holy Ghost in us to a measure. 
So what Jesus was showing us is how to operate in Holy Ghost gifts. Amen. So he was operating in the gift of knowledge, which is a whole nother teaching for a whole nother series of meetings. But it goes well with healing. But it goes with healing because a lot of times when you pray for somebody for sick that's dealing with sickness, God will God will give you the word of knowledge of what may what may be causing the sickness or what's causing the sickness to stay and to hold into place. I've had situations where I've gone to pray for somebody and the Lord has said, they've got an issue with unforgiveness. If they'll forgive, their healing will come to pass. And I've told them, you need to forgive and healing will come to pass. And they forgave and healing came. I've had situations where the Lord said, they've got an issue with worry. And I tell them they got an issue with worry and and, and they'll fix the worry issue and healing comes immediately. I've had an issue with people being full of pride. And I've told them, you've got a pride issue. You've got to get that pride under control. You've got to deal with that pride. They deal with the pride, they get healed. They don't deal with the pride, here comes the fall. It can also happen with fear. It can happen with fear, too. All, uh, of, those, all of those emotions leave you open to attacks of the devil. That's right. So he, so he flat told them, he said, listen. The reason that Jesus said, son, be of good cheer, thy, son, thy sins are forgiven, is he tells you exactly why. He said, I said it that way so that y'all know that I have the ability to forgive the sins. He knew that paralyzed man was going to look at him like, what do you mean my sins are forgiven? Does that mean I'm healed or not healed? And then, so after he corrected, the, the after he dealt with the, the um, Pharisees and those that were nearby, the scribes that were nearby, um, he, he told them, he said, um, by the way, arise, take up your bed and go. He said, he looked at him and he said, I tell you what, he said, I see your faith. He said, get up and do the faith motion, do the faith action and your healing will take place. And he did. And he arose and departed into his house. Glory to God. Well, that's the account of that one real quick. Let's look at the second account of this Mark chapter two. Mark chapter 2 gives us a little bit more detail. Do we want to get all of these uh, details in? Mark chapter 2, starting in uh, verse 1 through verse 12. We'll just read it straight through. And again, he entered into Capernaum. After some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he, I just real quick, I said we're going to read it straight through, but I noticed in verse one because I asked in I asked in the other I asked in the other book where was Jesus' home. Kathy said Capernaum, and I said, well, yeah, and that and Nazareth, his hometown is Nazareth. But Jesus has a notice. Jesus has a house in Capernaum. This is Jesus' house in Capernaum. Jesus is not homeless. He has a house, and again, he entered in to Capernaum. Some days after, and it was noised about that he was in the house. In other words, they knew where Jesus lived. He had a house. Let's keep going. All right. Uh, so in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press... They uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, 
they let him down uh, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay when jesus saw their faith he said unto the sick of the palsy son thy sins be forgiven thee but there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts or their minds why does this man thus speak blasphemies who can forgive sins but god only and immediately when jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed, and walk. But that ye may know the Son of Man hath power on the earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way in thine house. And immediately he rose up, in the bed, uh, took the bed, and went forth before them all, inasmuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Glory to God. Glory to God. So we see here um, that he, uh, that it says that this, this, yeah, this person was one of four. And then it says that when they could not find, when they could not come near onto him, that they uncovered the roof of the house. It was one of five because he was the fifth one. Right. But. So uh, the indication might be that it was his siblings that uncovered the roof. But here's the deal: there were so many people that they couldn't even fit them all in the house, and there were so many people outside of the house that they couldn't even get close. But they weren't going to take no for an answer for getting his healing they knew jesus could heal them heal him and they knew that all they had to do is get him there yep. and they were going to do whatever it took to get him there now we tend to think of houses like our houses and you think getting up on the roof is a crazy hard work but in that in that region and in that culture it was it was very customary to have house porches and other things so it wasn't as challenging um to get up on that roof as one might think it is but still um, even with it being easier to get up on the roof than you think, they're still carrying a man, a full-grown man, who's partially paralyzed, which means they're carrying at least partial dead weight up onto a roof, and then they've got a lowering down. That's called radical faith. And sometimes to get healed, you've got to do radical faith movements to cause your faith to go into action. And sometimes you need your friends to do radical faith things. If you've got somebody that's living close by that you can, you know, you know they're struggling, um, and you know if you can just get the word into them uh, that they would be healed, you might have to be a little radical and go read the word over them. One day, two days, three days, four days, four weeks. You might have to do the work. You might have to help them to get that into them. Sometimes you have to do some radical things to get people healed. Let's look at the last example of this, Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed, 
in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by that way, by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the mist before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered, he answering said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk. But that ye may know that the power, or that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins, he said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy couch and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereupon he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. We've seen strange things. We've seen strange things. Notice that when it talks about what they did, it says that they went up on the housetop and they removed the tiles. They removed the tiles. So this was not this was not a poor man's thicket shack. This wasn't they they pulled off the palm fronds. No, they pulled tile off. This was a nice house. This was a higher valued house. I know a lot of times people teach that that uh, because in earlier in Matthew we saw that Jesus went into Peter's house. So a lot of people will say that he, when he went back to Capernaum, that he was in Peter's house and that they took the roof off of Peter's house. But that's not what that said. It said that he was in his house or in the house in Capernaum. The indication was that he was in his house and his house had um, tiles, had tiles. So it wasn't a cheap, poor man's house. And here are these crazy people come in and they take the tiles off. Now here's the other thing: you got a paralyzed man, and you're trying, and you're thinking, "Man, we're taking the we're taking the roof off of this nice guy's house, um, so we'll put him kind of in a folded chair position. We'll kind of, we'll kind of, you know, make it the hole as small as possible." But it says that they brought him down on the couch, on a couch. He's laying down. He's laying flat, and they sent him in on the couch. I'm telling you what, you come to my house and take off the shingles and all that, we're gonna we gonna fight. Well he told the he told the he told the sick man to get up and take his bed and go home. I bet he told the other four now, y'all fix my roof. Y'all get up there and fix the roof. I don't like yeah, I know I'm a carpenter, but get up there and fix it. No, Jesus Jesus was so marveled by their love, he's a carpenter, he's not gonna mind. But how much do you know? I, seriously, he's not gonna mind. It takes serious faith to say, man, if I can just get you, radical faith, if I can just get you to to him, he's going to heal you. Man, I'm telling you what, radical faith will do incredible things. And that's, what we're, that's the point we've got to get to is radical faith. We've got to know what's in us and what's available to us so that we can get a little undignified and get a little radical and do some radical movements of faith. And when we do, we'll see wonderful things like creative miracles taking place. 
glory to God. Yes. Right. Exactly. Right. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. No, we can't. Yep. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, Kathy, for those on the recording, Kathy was talking about the the history of the scribes and how the scribes came to be in their in a role in this. Is the scribes um, were the ones that wrote down what all occurred in the Old Testament, and they got to go in and see the, all the cool things and go to the temple, and they should have. Uh, and and here they are in Capernaum with Jesus, where the miracles of God are taking place by all rights by their job. They should have been recording it and going, wow, look at what God's doing. But instead, they're sitting on the sidelines. Being judgmental. And being judgmental and being religious and saying, well, that's not God. Well, we better be careful about what we say is God and isn't God, which is why you've got to use your spirit to discern things. You've got to use your spirit to, 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 to count, to get in there and say what's God and what's not. Because if you do it with just your eyes or your own you know, and, and we see this today. We see a lot of people that have a lot of book knowledge about God. They have a lot of, and that was the scribes, because their job was to record it. And record it over and over and over. In our foundations class, we found out that in one synagogue alone, they found 10,000 uh, manuscripts of the Bible written by the scribes. So they wrote, the, they wrote the, the testaments over and over and over, and it had gotten so seated in their mind about what they thought God was and how God would operate that when the Messiah showed up, they didn't even recognize him. And so we've got to, so she's right in that we need to, you know, we need to be careful not to go, well, that's not God, because God said he's going to move in this last day in a different way than he's ever moved. So we've got to watch some things, and we've got to behave. We've got to be real careful to discern things. Now, with that said, we cannot take everything that happens that looks like God and say that it's God, because the Bible is very clear and tells us multiple times that in the last days that there would be many false prophets and there would be many false teachers, and they would do signs, wonders, and miracles that look like, sound like God, but it's actually being done uh, by familiar spirits um, and by Satan, by the dominions of Satan, um, and it wouldn't be God at all. 
So that's where you've got to have the Holy Ghost on the inside, and you've got to have your spiritual antenna up and saying, "Holy!" I learned this a long time ago from uh, Reverend Kenneth E. Hagin and Reverend Randall Greer. Uh, they would go into a service, um, and various services of various denominations, and they'd always sit in the back. They'd kind of sit off to the sideline, and they'd say, uh, and, and services amongst the Word of Faith people and everything, all kinds of things. And, they, and they'd go in and they'd sit on the sideline and they'd say, Holy Ghost, where are you in this? Holy Ghost, what, what, what's you and what's of, what's of the flesh? Holy Ghost, what's God and what's man? And God would show them and lead them and direct them. And if we don't have that, we're going to get messed up. But, Praise God, if you'll get faith in God and you'll get a little radical for God, you can get you can you can get people you can get yourself healed and get other people healed. And if you'll and if you'll come to know the authority that we have in Christ, you'll be able to cast out devils and demons that bring sickness to yourself and to loved ones and those around you. Well, glory to God, praise the Lord. We lost Pastor Mike, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm sure he'll pop up here whenever he gets done dealing with whatever's come up we'll pray and uh and uh, receive the offering if you have one tonight if you don't that's fine we don't put any pressure on anybody to give or to sow we just like to give every person an opportunity to sow every chance they get because it's the sowing that brings the increase so father we come to you in the mighty name of jesus father we thank you for all that you are and all that you do and all that you're doing Father, we glorify you and we magnify you. We thank you. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. We thank you for divine increase. We thank you for deep revelation. Father, we thank you. Oh, we thank you. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you that you're using these these meetings to take us into a deeper knowledge and to see the fuller picture of health and healing that belongs to us and all the different ways to obtain it. And, Father, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name, and we give you the glory and the honor. And, Father, I thank you that a seed is sowed, whether it's a seed of faith for more seed or it's actual seed that you cause increase to come, 60, 80. And, Father, honestly, I personally believe for a hundredfold. I know it doesn't work that way every time, but I can put my faith on it for a hundredfold increase for the people. And, Father, that you'll rebuke, that you'll continue to, to stand with us and rebuke the devourer for our sakes, that you'll open the windows of heaven and cause us to receive such a blessing that we will not be able to contain it all in every area of our life. And we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Father, I thank you for increase with that seed. Glory to God. As soon as Zach's done serving the people, we'll be dismissed. Glory to God. Foundations class, I think we're going to do our very best to 